When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Action fanatics, welcome to the holiday edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. I'm your host, Chris the Brain. Joining me once again, my co-host, Chad Cruz. Thank you very much for having me and uh, happy holidays to you, Mr. Brain. Absolutely. Happy holidays to you and to all our listeners and to this man. He's back to talk about a movie that I'm pretty sure he has never seen before watching it for this program. The one and only Ryan Campbell back with us. Thank you, thank you. Happy holidays to you both and everyone out there in listening land. And I'm probably going to need you guys' help because I, I did watch the movie. I'm not entirely sure I know what happened in it, so I'm probably going to need your help through this. Well, that's what we are here for. Uh, you know, we always like to celebrate the holiday season, and what better way than with the canon Christmas classic, Invasion USA, uh, before we get into that, though, I do want to talk about our last episode. We had our friend Ron Mathis on with us. We did. And we talked some RoboCop 2. I do want to apologize because towards the end of the episode, the audio got a little sketchy. And I did my best. Uh, so certainly uh, we're using some new uh, we're using a new uh, platform here. And you know, we've got to work out the kinks. But I think we're good. I think we'll be good this time. Do you, do you think that we could just put that blame on Mathis. Yes. I, I honestly, I do think okay. it was because okay. uh, I think it was him, but it's all right. You know, if it was just That's you funny. and me and the audio was yeah. screwed up, we would, we would have, re, we yeah, would have just, a, we would have redone it. Uh, what a heel move. He is. He is all, the ultimate heel. And uh, so, yeah, if you did, we do apologize <clears> for that. Um, but I think we'll be good going forward. Uh, and I now want to talk about something. Chad Cruz. <laughs> Yes. A bulletproof action first happened last week. I didn't tell you about it because I was too busy laughing constantly throughout the day. Okay. Last week, Chad Cruz on bulletproofaction.com. Oh, boy. Had a black Christmas battle. I did. When I saw it, I said to myself, if only we had a feature where two movies fought Mm -hmm. each other. Uh, I, I, you know, okay, brain, I know what you're going to say. Yeah. There was no time for the graphic. Okay. <laughs> I, I could have glad, I would have gladly made the graphic to keep okay. it in the movie Kumite family, but yes. that was fine. I was yeah. fine with it because I said that disrespect of the movie Kumite mm-hmm. created 
a bulletproof action first, because on the first day that Black Christmas took on Black Christmas, nobody read it. <laughs> that is good. It That's had it had one view, and I knew who it was. It was me because I grabbed the <laughs> link to put it on Facebook and on Twitter. And every time I'd be like, "Okay, yeah. surely someone has checked it out now." Nope, nope. And I just kept laughing harder and harder each time. And I was like, "Should I tweet it out?" I'm like, "No." At this point, I just want to play it yeah. see if it plays out. The next day, people did read it, but that first day, no one wanted a Black Christmas. I don't know if I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not. Uh upset that no one clicked on it uh but i'm more surprised that we haven't had that happen in the past because i've written some real stinkers i know well they don't know until they click it though that's true but uh but we we cover a lot of movies from a lot of years spanning spanning decades and we we cover a lot of trash so i'm surprised this never happened so now i guess i i am a little upset now it's a first it was a first and it was just it's amazing. I, I could not believe it because I think there's some people who will just click. You know, we have some loyal. They'll click on everything. Maybe they yeah. don't. Maybe they just skim it a bit and are like, yeah, this is right. for me. But this was amazing. It was the greatest thing. It really entertained me last Friday. So well, thank you for that, Chad Cruz. It's, it's probably you know again. I don't want to point a finger at anybody, but the guy who does our social media, yeah, probably didn't promote it properly. It was Ron so. Mathis. <laughs> Yeah, why not? He was filling in for me that day. It's the holidays. I took some time off. So yeah, you can check out Chad's Black Christmas Battle. That should have been a movie Kumite, but wasn't. Maybe I'll retro movie Kumite. In. Wait, wait a second, Brain. I, I I would like you to if you're going to go uh, retro style and, and and change things in the past. Yeah. Uh, I'd like you to go back and and see when movie Kumite became a thing, and if there was another yeah. post. Maybe titled Verses that came out before that? There was, but then there was a, a, a better version of it came out. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure. Called Movie uh, Kumite. Okay, cool. But you yeah. didn't call it Verses either. If you went retro, no, retro, you could have done that and made it that, but you didn't do what, that either. Well, there was no time. What I was going to do was do all three Black Christmas films, yeah. but uh, watching two movies is, is hard enough. It really is. So watching it? three movies was like impossible. Well, you could see what movies we have been watching or TV shows or what have you on BulletproofAction.com. I know Ryan Campbell, as soon as we're done recording this episode of the Bulletproof Podcast, is going to stay up all night long, (laughs) maybe a little longer, to cover uh, some brand new things that are hitting. And he may even hit the theater this weekend. I don't know if that's still in the cards for him or not. One never knows. Ryan Campbell's a wild man when he gets going. That's right, yeah. So Rebel Moon comes out tonight at 10 o'clock, which was Zack Snyder's rejected Star Wars film that he decided he would make with his own, uh, he'd make his own Star Wars film, to quote Bender, with Blackjack and Hookers. Um, and then after that, the new Monarch episode uh, comes out to Night at Midnight. Uh, and then, yeah, the new Aquaman movie comes out this weekend. So be a busy night tonight, and uh, I'll be in the theater this weekend. Also in the theater this weekend, The Iron Claw, which I got to see last week. Um, I went to check to see if they were going to have early showings tonight. And it just so happened they had an early screening that night I was looking. And I'm like, well, I'm going to the theater tonight then now, aren't I? I, uh, I wasn't aware that movie wasn't out yet. I'm sorry. 
I, I just assumed I've seen about 5,000 reviews. Yeah, it's, yeah, no, it just officially hit the, but okay. I, there were some sneak previews last week, which is what I jumped on when I saw it. Um, yeah. And this weekend for our, for Christmas, I will be paying tribute to the great Die Hard 2. So beautiful. Check on that. Uh, bulletproofaction.com. And again, read uh, Chad's Black Christmas Spectacular. Yeah. I mean, because we know you missed out on the first out, day. Out of pity, if anything. Exactly. Exactly. Blow that shit up. What if it got like 25,000 clicks uh, now? You know what? I'd, on the very next episode, I would congratulate you for having another first because I don't think any post has ever had 25,000 clicks, at least in that short I'm, period of time. Maybe like Tears of the Sun and yeah. uh, Beyond the Law cumulatively have hit that number at this point in time. Not even Hot D or Game of Thrones got those numbers. Right, exactly. So I'm gonna get I'm gonna get on Fiverr after this and and uh, pay someone from Sri Lanka to uh, just click and click and click. Do it. I got a Fiverr account if you just want to pay me to do it, Chad. That's perfectly fine. Will you sit up and click on it all night? He's gonna be up like, anyway. It sounds like. <laughs> he, he, Actually, yeah, be... he can multitask. Okay, that'd be good. All right. Well, let's talk about what we're here for. It's our holiday episode. It is Invasion USA, released September 27th, 1985. What a fantastic film this is. I watched this one on, it was on Prime, so I just watched the streaming version. MGM Lion is there, roaring. Then we get the Canon logo, and I'm like, oh, this is this is what I live for. Chuck Norris's name above the title. I mean, come on. He's a superstar. Um, and we could kind of get a cold open. We see this boat full of refugees making their way, presumably, to Florida. Um, and a young boy on the boat sees the U.S. Coast Guard coming their way, and he's very excited. But Chad Cruz, when we get a close-up of who the Coast Guard is, it's Richard Lynch. Yeah. And... Even if you've never, if this is the first time you've seen it, like Ryan Campbell, what did you think, Ryan Campbell? This was the first time you saw this movie, correct? Yeah, but I've seen enough action movies to kind of know where this was heading, I felt like. Um, <laughs> and my first initial thought was that if you made this movie today, people would say it was woke. <laughs> um, the way it, uh, seeing a bunch of Coast Guards shoot up a, bo- a boat full of refugees. Um, or weirdly enough, that would be like, they would think they're the heroes or something, but, uh, that was my first thought, but yeah, I mean, I've seen enough of these, I've seen enough of these things to kind of know, you know, this was probably where it was heading. So yeah, Chad, you see Richard Lynch and obviously mm-hmm. you're like, he can't be a member of the Coast Guard. No, he's an obvious bad guy. I mean, he looks, everything about the guy just, he looks villain. Yeah. Looks very villainous. So, uh, I mean, if he works for the Coast Guard, then he's probably like one of the most diligent and like disciplined coast guard members of all time. But, uh, we quickly learn that he is in fact, not a coast guard member, uh, when they start opening fire on this boat full of refugees. Yeah. And it's not just refugees on this boat. There's also drugs. Those damn drugs were there. Very clean drugs. Um, and a lot of them. So, no, it's all we're starting to get get an idea why they were so interested in this boat. Um, mean, then we cut to the Florida Everglades and we see our hero Matt Hunter, played by the one and only Chuck Norris. He's on a fan boat, and we kind of get the rest of the opening credits as he's zooming around 
the Everglades, uh, the music uh, done by Jay Chataway, who also did the Chuck Norris film Missing in Action, and a movie we covered earlier this year for our Halloween episode, Maniac Cop. Fun fact, have either of you ever been on a fan boat? I have not. Nope, I have not. I have. I can say I have. All it was right. like fun. It was very, yeah. You, Did stuff, you get loud? Uh, no, but you're, you get smacked in the face with a lot of. I was going to say, you probably uh, have bugs. Moving around. You just huh. remember getting pelted in the face with stuff constantly. Oh, okay. I, that, you know, I uh, back in my younger days, I had a, had a motorcycle and. It's a lot of fun to, to drive the motorcycles if you if you've ever done so and but riding around like in the country area not as much fun when you're getting hit with like these big fucking bugs right in the face yeah now take that and make it the florida everglades and it sounds miserable to be <laughs> lots of mosquitoes and bugs which, which means that this opening or this introduction to chuck norris is even more iconic because this dude just doesn't give a shit about yeah, just, all these Or being the fact that he's Chuck Norris, the bugs refuse to hit him. Or That's possible. To hit him. They just disintegrate to the, as soon as they reach his aura. They get near, <laughs> yeah, that the beard. That, oh, just bug guts all over him. God damn, that sucks. <laughs> so, uh, also, it is directed by Joe Zito, who, once again, that worked with Chuck on Missing in Action and Chad Cruz's favorite, Friday yep. the 13th. Friday the 13th, the final chapter, mm-hmm. because Judy Aronson is naked in it. Yeah, she's yeah, she's naked. It's great. It is. It's a good one. Uh, it's a good one for that and other reasons. It's one of the, the, the best entries in that franchise. Except for the title. Well, yes, especially in... in, in I'll, never, I'll never get over when movies do, like, the final chapter... The, guarantee we guarantee this is the end like there's like i hate when movies do that right. shit and it happens all the time every, yeah. every franchise that's made more than six films in a series has probably done this uh, even you know. as a kid when that was first came out and was on you yeah. know saw the commercials as a kid i wasn't <laughs> buying it that yeah. bullshit. i was like no nah. not a chance no way no way you're right. gonna kill off jason um so now we see the fbi and we see the real coast guard that should have been on that coast guard boat they're not doing too well, Chad Cruz. They're dead. Yeah, that's usually a bad thing. Um, <laughs> now we know where uh, where they got the uniforms. Where and they the, got the bloody ass uniforms. Yeah, because yeah, those storytelling. Those guys are just there, all stacked up in their drawers. Yeah, super uh, dead. Uh, and the FBI's there, uh, of course. We but before the FBI could get their reporter, the lovely McGuire. She doesn't have a first name that I recall just McGuire and she was played by Melissa prophet. She was there. She got pictures, but of course the FBI takes her film and don't mess with her as far as the trespassing or whatever they could charge her with. And now we go back to Matt Hunter and one of Chad Cruz's all time favorite movie characters and names, John Eagle, John Eagle. What a name. I mean, just pure, uh, masculinity. I mean, the guy has got his shirt popped open and his chest hair just, just kind of sprouts every time you look at him and just comes out a little bit more. And, uh, just what a man, you know what I mean? Like he stares a woman down. She's instantly pregnant. It's just, uh, if, if you could, if you said there's a guy named John Eagle and I'm like, what do you think that he does for a living? You, what, I say top three Matt Hunter, top three guesses capturing gators, right? 
Right? He's in the top three. Yeah. Okay, good. That's what he does. Um, he sells gators. What I am I'm surprised is that we don't have a John Eagle Cruz. Of all the kids you, you keep popping out, how you yeah. haven't uh, convinced your wife to let you name one of them. John yeah, well, Eagle. Because she knows if she did, it would be John Eagle. I, I will say this, that I was unbelievably close. I only have one son. I have two daughters. I have one son. His middle name was almost Hawk, like Lincoln Hawk. Yeah. Uh, not Hawks, plural, but Hawk. Right. Um, but he was al- his middle name was almost Hawk, and it was extremely close. And we ended up going with more of a family name. Uh, and we're thankful because we lost that family member. But uh, what a badass name that would have been. It really would have been. Um, so now we're going to find out who Richard Lynch really is. He's Rostov. And he's oh. in Miami. And he's meeting with uh, another guy who you just know is trouble. Billy Drago plays Mickey. And they meet at this seedy motel. And there's a little – he's going to give them those drugs that they got mm-hmm. in exchange for all sorts of weaponry. Um. And his guys are already there to pick up the weapons. They just are waiting for that phone call that everything's good. And uh, it seems to be everything should be fine. And Mickey goes to to shake Rostov's hand. And next thing you know, Rostov turns, shoots out the door at the guys who are guarding the door, shoots Mickey in the dick. Oof, man. Definitively the worst place you can be shot. And then the woman, is Mickey's woman, little sidekick, just throws her out the window. Man, did she fall on a fence? Not, I don't think we see where she landed. We'll just say did she, she fell. Oh, did she land on a car? She may have landed on a car. I don't know. Everybody lands on cars in movies, yeah. Um, or a fence in a canon film, especially. But yeah, I mean, goddamn, Rostov comes in, shoots a guy in the dick, kills a bunch of people, and then throws his old lady out the window. Oh, and then he smashes her head. She's snorting coke, and he smashes her head down, shoving the whatever that little contraption was up her nose, the, the straw or whatever it was. And, uh, and then throws her out a window. As well wow. to establish a villain in a film, you <laughs> don't get much uh, more yeah. blame than that. That's pretty right. If gunning down refugees wasn't enough yes. like this, like he doesn't care who you are. He, yep. He's a man on a mission. Apparently, You could be, yeah, you could be innocent or you could be, you know, the dirtiest of the dirty guys and he'll still just, kill you you don't even care i think if he had like as he left the apartment if he had like shot the dog or something that would have been uh it would have made sense you know because he was such a bad bad dude and i do like that the motel desk guy after all he, he sneaks up there he grabs those drugs and uh, before the cops come because i think his first rodeo just you're throwing money out the window just letting that go or maybe he just wants to party uh, just he yeah all right, so now we go back to John Eagle, and he's selling that gator that they caught that morning, and uh, then asks Matt if he wants to have some frog legs later, but Matt turns him down. Big old jar of frogs. <laughs> uh, and this is now where we meet CIA agent Adams, who is rowing his way to Hunter's shack in the Everglades, and this man is very out of I mean, he's in a full suit, as CIA men often are, and... Uh, He's very much out of place. He gets into, gets there, and uh, Hunter gets the jump on him, sneaks up behind him, 
I mean, this guy's obviously not one for field work, Chad Cruz. He probably was um, a, a pencil pusher. Yeah, and I think that movies, uh, especially 80s and early 90s action movies, they really had something to say about federal agents. And uh, it wasn't good. They, they, they're always kind of like wimpy. They're, they're never, they're always out of place. They, they, Coming they, up the works. Yeah, they, they just struggle. And they always need some like third party guy to kind of show them the way and, and lead them on missions and help them do things. And they're all, they're usually just a bunch of big pussies. And, uh, and yeah, Matt Hunter gets to jump on him here and uh, really isn't that interested in hearing what he has to say. Yeah, even when he's you know, he's like the company needs you, and I'm not interested. We believe Rostov's in the country. He thinks uh, that'll get him because there we there's some history there, so we will find out. And he's Hunter's like, you should have let me kill that guy when I had the chance. He's your problem now. And uh, we cut to Rostov, who's having a Matt Hunter nightmare, <laughs> which I'm sure many a man have had a Chuck Norris nightmare. It's also another nice little bit of visual storytelling there that we've seen this guy like wreak havoc and just be the ultimate badass villain and just kill everybody in his path. But then he and he has nightmares and so then, but establishes like how unstable he is, but also how badass Matt Hunter is before he's even had to do a thing. Right. And his boy Nico comes in. Here's here's him having a this dream, this nightmare. Um, and Ross, I was like, we have to kill the bastard before the operation. Nico's like, no, no, let's just do what we're here for. Don't worry about, you know, you're obsessed. You're, you're, it's too risky to be going off script and, and doing anything other than what the plan is, which is to invade the USA. And, uh, Rostov says, you know, as long as Hunter is breathing, he is a threat. And you can't argue with that. Yeah. Yeah, he's not wrong. I mean, we, we've already – I mean, Matt Hunter seemingly has no interest in being involved in whatever is happening. And it's probably only because Rostov shows up here in the next few scenes that – that Matt Hunter becomes a one-man killing machine. Right. Well, I, I tend to think, though, like watching what unfolds later in the film, there's no way he would have stayed on the sidelines. Like eventually, he probably would have been like, "Okay, I'm probably the only guy okay. who can stop this." <laughs> would he have known about it, though? Yeah, that's what I was about. Would he have even yeah. known sitting there in his shack in the Everglades? Was Eating he frog legs and? Yeah, he may have been oblivious to it, or you mm -hmm. know, at least it would have been very late into it by the time he heard about it. We'll never know because somehow they figure out where he is. And Rostov and his boys, they get in the fan boats and they go to the shack. Which amazing coordination on the fan boats. Like they were all like lined up right next to each other and just flying. I don't know if they had them bolted together or what, but I just remember thinking the as close as they were, it just seemed that was pretty impressive because those things are pretty erratic. So well done mm -hmm. stunt team. And Hunter was just there. He was chopping up some wood with his chainsaw. Surprisingly, not with his bare hands. Hey, you um, don't you don't get that kind of insight on most action movie podcasts. There, so thank you, Ryan. Yeah, yeah that's sure. why we we have him on. It's about all I can bring to this one. So, <laughs> no, uh, not at all. We find out that uh, Matt Hunter has a pet armadillo. Why not? Actually, does. Um, now the baddies they turn off the motors as they get close, so that they can kind of undetected they're going to sneak in but what they don't realize is good old john eagle 
is on his way to see his boy Matt Hunter, possibly with some frog legs, possibly not. And he sees the bad guy, so he screams out Matt, um, and takes some shots at him, takes at least one of them out. Mm-hmm. But then he himself is shot dead. Matt heard the, the cry and uh, jumps out the back window just as they blow up his shack. Did, did you happen to see what was in John Eagle's boat there? I, no, what was it, Chad? Yeah, so he had he had his, his gun, his, his rifle sitting there, but next to it there was like a like a jar. I assume it had frog legs in it, but there was a bottle of wine, and then there was a bag. And you could I paused it. It said Adam and Eve on the bag. I think it was that you know that store where you buy some yeah. sex toys for him and the Gators. I don't know. I'm just wondering why he was going to Matt's house. All right, you see that's not. This is a holiday episode. That's something wrong. you only can catch. It's one of those little things that, like, one of those fun things that now that we have 4K, we can upscale all this stuff. Yeah, one frame. Chad, Chad Cruz was not intended to be seen, or when they shot it, they were like, "No one will be able to read this." <laughs> Chad Cruz was not watching in 4K. I can no, assure you of that. No. Now, speaking of speaking of what? Well, let's let's go back on topic. Sorry, go ahead. Speaking of fucking a gator, that's all you're going to say. <laughs> Back to you, brain. So, yeah. Uh, Matt survived. They don't realize it. The armadillo also survived. Right, rolled up in a little ball. And then the yeah. Past. And we see a shot of the armadillo. And I recall from the commentary track on Invasion USA that Joe Zito was in a screening. And that scene came on where the armadillo, they showed that he survived. And Menachem Golan turned to Yoram Globus and said, that's why Joe Zito is a great director. (laughs) I love it. That sounds true. (laughs) Bless Menachem. Double the budget. Give them more money. And and they they would get more money as time would go on. Um, So, yeah, they think the bad guys think they've won. Okay, now we got rid of Matt Hunter just like I wanted to. Yeah. I'm gonna. We're going. We can now go about our business. Matt brings in John Eagle to what is left of his home. Sets John Eagle and what's left of everything on fire. Hey, how are you? See you down the road, John Eagle. Funeral pyre, like a yeah, like a Viking send off or something. Right, it was nice. It was was good. It was very nice. He deserved it. Uh, Matt then makes his way back to where John Eagle's restaurant is. Hops in. I'm assuming that's where he just parked his truck. Was at John Eagle's parking lot. Or maybe it was yeah. John Eagle's truck. I don't know. Yeah. But he gets the truck, and now it looks like he might be in back in action after all. You killed John Eagle, you done pissed off Matt Hunter. That's you right. Low, and now you done poked the bear. So we get uh, Rostov and Nico, and they're just enjoying a hot dog. We've got the Jingle Bells playing in the background because this is, in fact, a Christmas movie. There you go. Yeah. And they insult, basically, oh, look at all these Americans. They're soft. They don't even know what's going on. They, they're clueless. Um, they don't even understand what their freedom is. They don't appreciate it. Well, they might appreciate it here soon. Um, then we go to we later that. We say in the 80s when we weren't that far removed from, like, multiple wars. Like, <laughs> Well, later that night. There's a little fun on the beach happening with a young couple. 
who are out there for a late night swim. They have a little blanket set up, a portable TV, and Jack, what are you? Hand signals. All right. Um, and then Jason came out. You you would. It, it really did feel like a, a setup for a horror movie, a slasher. Um, but instead, it's just Nico. He shows up. He kills yeah. them. Um, then enjoys a little Phyllis Diller, who happens to be on the TV. Um, before his boys come in, they come in. On, uh, they come in Chad Cruz, and they got like old school military. Yeah. What are those gimmicks called? Guns. Oh, those boat things with the oh, oh the fucking rafts. I don't know. Okay, what are you talking about? Fucking rafts. I don't know what you're talking about. You, did they have the ones with the doors that? Like, yeah, it comes oh, down and they all know. came pouring out. Yeah, I don't remember those. Breach those boats. Are, I don't know. Sure, that sounds good. I don't know what those are called. To be honest with you, I've seen some in person. They're pretty pretty cool looking. They're pretty frightening, actually, to be, to think about it. Like you know, uh, because the the the, the kind of the walls of those rafts, uh, those landing craft are so high, you really you couldn't see over top of it. And I can just imagine, you know, landing on like Normandy or some crazy shit and, and just not seeing anything and being like, I'm about to get in a world that, of hurt. That may have been best that you didn't see what you were getting into. And that's it true. It just opens up and like, let's go. We got to go. Yeah. I, th- I think a, that this. Probably anticlimactic, but it's called a landing craft vehicle. LCB, or sometimes it can be called a Higgins boat because that's the guy that invented it. Oh, cool! Thank you, Mr. Higgins and Mr. Campbell. Uh, yeah, see, I was going to look that up, but I'm like, oh, Chad Cruz, our military and history expert, will have this on the tip of his tongue. I was in the Navy, brain. Jesus, yeah, okay. You you just mentioned World War II, so you know they were used there. Yeah, I've seen them. I I was at a it's a great wonderful history museum here in Columbus, Ohio called Mott's museum. And it's just some dude who like created his own museum and it, it's out just outstanding. Just so many great pieces there. And they have uh, one of those landing craft there. LCV um, for those in the know. Yep. From, from D day. They've got uh they've got all kinds of cool shit there. Helicopters and stuff. It's just some dude who did it like on his own property. And now it's grown to be something much larger, but it's really cool to see. Very good. There's a nice plug for you. Free Mott. Yeah, go to Mott's. It's, it's awesome. Well, um, the, so these terrorists, they come in. They're just, they trample right over the dead bodies of the, the couple. Um, and they got to get great, to their. Great uh, fully sound work there when they step on the bodies, like this crunch noise. Yeah. <laughs> I guess these bones have already, in the five minutes that they've been there dead, have just already <laughs> decayed to such a state. But well, they just came out of the water. You got to remember that. That may have had an impact on it. I, I think know. you could tell it's not a horror movie because she never got uh, topless. She was never topless. Yeah, and that's I, a I shame. Think a, I think in a Jason movie, in a Friday the 13th film, he would have waited. He would have no waited for that top to come. Yeah, out. he has impeccable timing. He does. He's a good man. Um, so, yeah, they've got this whole fleet of trucks, and they're going to just start sending these guys all over the country. Vegas, Chicago, here, there, everywhere, cause trouble, cause panic in the streets. Um, get you know, get the people to hate each other, get the people to hate authority, and just basically let America implode on itself. Um, with obviously a push from these these bastards. Um, Did they ever state that that's the plan? Yes. Okay. 
I feel like I must have missed it because that was one of my one of my issues with the movie is I get that we often criticize a lot of modern movies for giving so much exposition and always just spilling things out, but I felt like I missed the part where like how all this worked in to actually take over and invade the USA. Uh, but that, that's must have been something I missed there. It could have been. I could be filling in my own blanks too. I, I thought that him and Nico were talking about it at one point. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember which, I don't know if it was a scene where they were also talking about the, you know, softest softness of America or what, but um, I do remember hearing something. I don't know if it was like laid out perfectly. And I agree with you, Ryan. It, it is kind of like, you know, we've seen, we've seen a handful of invasion movies into the United States. And um, most of them, you kind of like laugh at them because the, the idea of it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, but um this is like a what 300 guys at most come off this boat <laughs> so you know you probably couldn't even invade miami with that so we'll just tell ourselves that this same situation was going on in multiple other areas coordinated effort yeah and they even say 18 hours from now america will be a different place uh, so meanwhile, Hunter has met up with Adams from the CIA. I'll take the assignment. Of course, Adams gives him the classic CIA line. If something goes wrong, we don't know anything about this. They wash their hands of it before it even started. Fucking CIA. <laughs> so, and Somewhere on a computer, a red flag has popped up next to my Exactly. That was Ryan yeah. Campbell who said that, not me. I love you, CIA. And I also love the FBI, even though they're always seemingly – a few steps behind on this whole thing. And they're there and they're like, what the hell? These LCVs are from 40 years ago. Uh, where, how'd they get these? And uh, we got to figure that out. And they're Even there. One guy like had no interest in actually figuring it out. And he was like, so they bought them from somewhere. Go figure it out. Right. Right. Um, McGuire is there again. She's looking for comments. She also gets her first look at Matt Hunter. That's all it took. In all his denim glory, and Oof. one minute she sees him, the next minute she don't. Yeah, she's going to need a adult diaper next time she sees him because I think that there's going to be just an explosion of fluids. Uh, fluids from everywhere. <laughs> What's the word you should be using, Chad? <laughs> we don't use fluids on this uh, no, on this I'm show. Sorry. We have a term for this. Yeah, you'll have to remind me what it is. It's secretions. Okay. That's right. That's what it was. That's right. That's, that's, at, least, that's at least three in a row where we've hit secretions. Secretions is the new Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, that's true. Um, don't tell him I said that, though, because it sounds strange if you don't put it in context. We know you've had secretions over Dolph Lundgren. That's fine. Hey, me and Tia Carrere. I mean, if you throw her in the mix, you, probably... you saw something that you never thought you'd see before, Chad. All right. <laughs> we cut to the burbs and we got a dad out there with his son and daughter and they're decorating a tree in their front yard because it's Christmas time. And this is a Christmas movie. Yes. Mom's and she's called uh, dinner time. And the little girl and the son, they were at night. <laughs> the, the little girl and the son, they were fighting over who was going to put that star on the top of the tree. The little girl, as most women are, devious in their ways, even from a young age, doubles True. back. Whoa! And she's gonna, she's gonna put that star on the tree. 
Um, and she she does. Um, and it's a very busy night on this. There's kids playing football. There's some teenagers making out. And here comes Rostov and Nico. Oh, this might be a busy street, but it ain't as busy as one we're going to see in a little bit. Here we go. You're right. But here, and they just start blowing up houses. Blowing yeah. up houses. And what a coup for Cannon because this was actually in the Atlanta area. And they were, they bought the airport, bought all these, this section, this neighborhood because they were expanding the, the airport. So these houses had to go anyway. So they got to blow up actual houses. What a beautiful thing. Fantastic. It's so awesome. And, and you know, I, in, in my line of work, I often, well, sometimes not, not as often as we hope, but uh, I get to, uh, train in, in houses that we, you know, set fire to, uh, that are obviously not occupied anymore. Uh, but it's harder to come by these days because of so many, you know, city regulations and such, but, uh, we had an entire shoot. It was a massive community. It was probably, I don't know, 300 small like townhomes and they were all going to be demolished. And, uh, for about two years, they just sat there and uh, we spent a few days, you know, busting them up, cutting holes in them and, and what have you. And then someone got the grand idea that we don't, we shouldn't be doing this anymore because it's a bad idea. They're going to look terrible. So uh, a whole crew of people came in and painted them different colors, like purple and blue and red and green. Um, and they looked like absolute dog shit. And now they're gone. So America. <laughs> Great story. <laughs> I'm glad that's where you went, though. I didn't know where you were going. Like in my line of work, we don't get to do it as often as we as we want to. But you just say go to a burning house, <laughs> so it, it could have been worse. No training and training fires. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm done. So about these fan boats, guys. So yeah. no, they, they blow up these houses. Now elsewhere, there's a at the a local uh, community center in Miami. There's a party going on, as there often are at community centers in Miami. Mm-hmm. And uh, some cops roll up, um, and then they just start. One of them just has a shotgun and starts shooting people. This obviously causes some problems when the real cops show up to see what the hell yeah. is going on. And they, they don't know. They just think the cops are harassing them. So they start throwing crap at the cops. The cops are like, well, we're getting out of here. And now here comes Matt Hunter. And this was a scene that really struck a chord with Ryan Campbell because I got a text as it was happening. Matt Hunter drives into to, uh, downtown Miami and uh, it doesn't seem that people want him there, Ryan. This I could watch a documentary on this just this street that he rolls down. For one, not he's not like in a cop car; he's just in a truck. Like you know, nothing. And every single person is out on this street. Every low life in all of Miami is on the street, and every single person takes three steps out into the street and walks towards the car. He drives by like you know the drug dealers, the prostitutes. Uh, the druggies like this is the busiest street in the world uh, he chose to drive down and every single person on it has got a problem with him being there he's an outsider and they know it well i'm, I'm gonna say this this is a christmas movie ryan so uh people who work the streets they got to be out there working and making making their money 
So uh, a lot of those folks out there that we see in the film, they're upset that Matt Hunter's there uh, because he ain't buying, if you know what I'm saying. I just found it fascinating because like, you know, we've seen that shot before in plenty of movies. Guy drives down the street, window shot, dirty look, whatever. And they did it like five times. It just kept happening. And we're like, we've okay, we've established this as a seedy area. And yeah. It just kept happening. Like this street. And that's why Joe Zito is a great director. That is. That's exactly why. That and the armadillo. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Hunter then goes into a bar. Um, there's a wannabe tough guy. I guess I don't know if he was the official bouncer or just made anointed himself the bouncer. But he's like, you know, basically, are you here? You're here to buy some drugs. You're here, to, you know, like Chad said, these people are trying to make a living and they don't yeah. need some looky loos coming in with no business in mind. Fuck is a looky loo. Just a guy coming to look. Uh, but uh, of course, you're not Matt Hunter. It's nothing to him. He just takes out this guy with ease. And then he sees this guy he knows, some sort of informant who tells him, hey, check this place called the King Cobra. Hell yeah. I think there's some of those Rostov people over there. Isn't that the, the tough guy, you know, former quarterback guy, isn't he the one that Hunter grabs his hand? Yeah. And smashes. He's, the, he's holding a beer bottle and he yeah. fucking breaks the bottle in his hand. That that's a pretty badass way to do it though. Yeah. He's very calm about it. Of course. He is. And uh, you know, cool. Calm. He's always calm. Even when shit's, yeah. That's what I love about the, this character in this film. And, you know, it, it, it. I think it's a very different Matt, Matt Hunter in this movie than we see in Avenging Force for obvious reasons. Different actors and stories are very different and stuff. But uh, but Chuck, he plays the uh, he plays the character so well. You, you know, you know Samoa Joe, the the wrestler Samoa Joe. He does that move where they jump off the top and he just walks away. Yeah, that's Matt that's Hunter. Matt he Hunter. just like fucking walks away when people do stuff. I love it. Yeah. So then we have, uh, oh, the FBI, and that's now we kind of, they're starting to fill in some of those gaps that I mentioned. Like, okay, the people are against the cops; they're turning against one another. It's it's chaos. On and of course, we don't see any of this. We just have to take take their word for it because this is a canon film. And even though it did have a larger budget than most canon films, it does pick up a little bit because this is something I was ta- I was texting you as I was watching. I said the same thing. Uh, but once the – I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but once the military comes out, it does start to feel a little grander. It feels like, okay, the scope is a little bigger than just some dudes wreaking some havoc in the city. So um, to their benefit, I think some of that was what you were saying, Brain. They Throughout the process, they increased the budget because they were liked what they were seeing. Um, I think they put that money to good use to kind of build the scope of the film out a little more. Yes. Um, and so now outside the King Cobra, there's a guy who's just – Baby in his car checkers. He's waxing the hell out of uh-huh. it. He's making uh-huh. sure this thing is as cherry as possible. It's shining. It's beautiful. Not a spot on it. Chuck comes over there. Yeah. He, he's looking. He finds Tomas, who's one of Rostov's guys. And R- Tomas is he's taking a woman upstairs to one of the rooms because no, 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 no. your notes here say making time with a whore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Making, that, Jim. <laughs> making time with a whore. So he's he taking, was, he's wooing her. There you go. They're you making whoopee. Yes. So, but uh, before he can get to the whoopee stage, our man, Matt Hunter comes in, interrogates him. Uh, so the, the whore is, ah, 
<laughs> I need to get paid. So she runs down to go get car waxing man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he comes upstairs, interrupts Chuck's interrogation. Yeah. Um, I don't like that kind of micromanagement from a pimp. You know, you got to try <laughs> You got to trust your whores to get the work done. You well, she came to him, though. To be fair, she came yeah. to him for help. She and escalated the problem. And as a manager, you have right. to take care of the problem. And he had his big juiced up buddy down there with him. He had like he a. And, you know, like you said, Chuck is interrogating this Tomas fella. He had already he had interrupted uh, him. He was trying to get his secretions out and uh, interrupted yeah. his secretions. And uh, and now this fucking pimp's about to come up there with his old uh, juiced up buddy and put a stop to Chuck. And it looks like he could do it because he's pretty beefy. And Chuck gets to hit the line. I'll hit you with so many rights you'll be begging for a left, which he himself suggested and they it's used good. in the Classic. movie. Um, yeah, so the car guy, muscle dude, it doesn't matter. Not, none of these people are enough. You could have brought 10 other people up there. It's not going to be enough. When it's all said and done... Matt Hunter has a grenade with him because why wouldn't he yeah. pulls the pin, hands it to Tomas and you, you got to hold on to it. If you let go, there's going to be a problem. Um, and he's like, if you survive this, make sure you tell Rostov it's time to die. Bum, bum, bum. Thank you. Jay Chataway and your music after Hunter leaves. Tomas frantically throws the grenade out the window, and wouldn't you know where it lands mm-hmm. but the car. Isn't it ironic? Goodbye, car. Isn't it? What, what would have happened if Hunter had been walking by and it fucking blew him up? Oh, shit. <laughs> like, that's, a, that's a terrible weapon to give somebody. Like, um, And now I'm going to turn around and walk away. He's just, just throwing it at him. Still not as long as the grenades in Die Hard 2. That take... 35 minutes to explode for whatever I mean. <laughs> a long fuse. On just tossing. And the weird thing is that they toss them in at different times, but they all explode at the same time. Synchronized. That's right. Maybe they pulled the pins all at the same time. It just, they took turns tossing them. I don't remember. And I suppose once. I just watched it too. The others to explode no matter what. So. So now I've we've thrown a grenade before. All right. Uh, there's no story. <sighs> I just threw one. You threw it into a house that was painted purple, and then no, I just and that's why it doesn't it. exist anymore. You just it flung was on, it was on like a range. It was it was super lame. There's no good story about it. Yeah, kind of like that story. All right, um, so we go to the mall, which is a place people, especially in the '80s, went to when it was Christmas time oh, because yeah. you know, that was that's where you went. You had to go. Yeah, it's like it's like having Amazon Prime, but in a lo- physical. Yeah, location. you walked around. You had to actually yeah. walk around, not just sit there and scroll. I uh, missed yeah. going to the mall on like a Friday night with the family, and no one bought shit, but we just walked around. It's good times. Looky lose. Okay, Joy to the World is playing because again, it's Christmas time. Yeah, um, you see a little brat kid looking at the. Uh, this Nissan 720 King Cab 4x4, baby. They're going to give this thing away, and he's just eyeing it up. He's chomping on some gum. The security guard's like giving him the side eye because he's like, this kid's going to do something. I don't know what, but this kid's up to something. I hate these brats. I'm sick of this job. It's minimum wage, and it sucks here. There's too many people here. But anyway, kid throws the gum right on the windshield. 
then he starts running off. Security guard goes after him. And that's where we see one of those terrorist dudes. And he's got a bag with him with gifts in it, which is not odd to see because people are buying no, things. There's hustle and bustle. They're getting things wrapped. This yeah, is it, baby. Um, and he goes to this department store. Like he's looking at stuff in the in the case, puts the bag down, and then strolls away. Well, of course, we've got this couple who's nearby shopping for someone. And the woman's like, oh, that man left his package. Mm. I'll get this package to him, honey. So he I'll goes, be the hero. He gets you nosy it. bitch. <laughs> yeah, mind your business. She should have just <laughs> taken it. Um, let's see the Christmas spirit. If this was like in, uh, if this was in July, they probably would have just stole the package and taken it home. But they're like, "Oh no, that's someone's gift." No, they're not going to have it. All right. Anyway, the guy's going after him. "Hey, buddy, your package, you left this." That guy's just making a beeline. He's not even pretending not to hear him. But that guy is persistent. He's like, "Come on, mister. Yeah. I've got your freaking package here." "Hey, pal, I'll come on. My wife won't shut the hell up about it." Right. <laughs> so then he did, then the guy, the terrorist, just starts running. So it's like, okay, obviously you've heard the man and you don't want this package, but that guy won't give up until shots are fired. And then, yeah. the, then the bag blows up. We get pandemonium. And just in time, just as the chaos breaks out, how he knew to be here, I don't know. And I don't care because I want to see Chuck Norris driving through a mall. It's perfect. <laughs> Superpower. I think he was going to the... Chick-fil-A, because that was when they still did the samples outside. Oh, okay. You know, you'd walk by, they had the toothpick with the fucking nugget on it. So we're establishing this wasn't on a Sunday then? Uh, the Correct. Okay. It was not a Sunday. It, okay. It's a Saturday. In keeping with lame stories, I remember being a kid and seeing a lady choke at the mall on Chick-fil-A. And like oh, shit. a security guard gave her the Heimlich and then she threw it up. And I didn't eat Chick-fil-A for a very long time after that. Wow. Did she throw it up on the windshield of a Nissan 720 King Cab? No, it was on the other side of the food court. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of that Nissan, uh, the terrorists get in, hotwire the thing, and they're going to take off. But Hunter, who's now out of his truck, because he's had to get out to shoot some people, jumps on the side, passenger side of the Nissan as it's just driving through the mall, crashing through storefronts. And, just all sort of destruction and again this was an actual mall this one it was in miami i think they were going to be doing some renovations or something they are now yeah well yeah so they were just like yep yeah, tear the tear the place up if you want we don't care yeah there's no shortage of malls that you could film the this scene in and today yeah if we did yeah. a yeah you can there's one every uh, exit uh, in cincinnati mm-hmm. um eventually ends up in the parking lot when they smash through that last set of glass doors the hunter falls off and then we get some some women who just come up to the side these crazed drivers are coming out of there and these women just walk right up to them and start reading them the riot act dude these american broads (laughs) (laughs) nowadays people would just have their phones out yeah and, oh yeah, and recording it. They wouldn't. They would dare go up to them. But these women, they had no fear. They went right up to them and gave mm-hmm. them what for. They the driver snatches up one of them, and now we got this woman hanging off the driver's side as they just go speeding away. But fortunately for this woman, 
our fearless reporter McGuire happened to be pulling up right at yeah. the same time. She has a nice convertible. Chuck jumps in, gets her. You get in the back. We're going after this. You want to be part of the story. You're here. You're in the story now, lady. Um, so we get the daring rescue and it takes a bit, you know, you got to get that timing right because these cars are moving. You got to grab her. They save the woman. The car chase goes on a little longer until the terrorists just smash into some parked cars and in action movie fashion, everything just blows up. Yeah. Tremendous scene. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was God bless Canon. I mean, from the minute that Chuck comes into that mall, it's just like, boom, 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 boom. boom. It's wonderful. Most films around this time, if they got one of the, okay, you can blow up a village that's about to be demolished or a mall that needs demolished. If they got one of those two things, that would be enough. That, that's the center. Yeah. Cannon really got the scene of the movie. Move on. Cannon got extremely lucky with this film. And again, putting more money into it. It's, it's why it's, it's the Christmas classic. It is as far as I'm concerned. Um, so now we got uh, Rostov who Tomas survived. Obviously he threw the grenade into the car and Rostov you know, they say, Chad Cruz, don't shoot the messenger. Yeah. But that's exactly what Rostov does. Where where did that saying come from? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. Mm. I don't either. <laughs> Once again, we're, we've come prepared. Just wondering. <laughs> All right, to the Google machine. <laughs> Ryan Campbell is going to look that up for us while we filibuster. Yeah, uh, so Nico is pretty pissed about the whole situation, but, you know. Rostov, he's a loose cannon, and and I, I think that the this entire invasion plan was well planned, right, and well executed. But the 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 chink in the armor of Rostov is Matt Hunter, and now that Matt Hunter has kind of thrown himself back in the situation, Rostov's all fucking wishy washy about what's happening, and he's just shooting people in the dick left and right, right. You know, I kind of I could relate to Nico a little bit. You know, he's got this partner that they got involved in this yep. this project, and Nico's just like, "Let's stick to this plan. We've got this yep. good plan. It'll work." But somebody is constantly mm-hmm. doing something stupid mm-hmm. to make sure it doesn't work. Ron Campbell, uh, do you have something for us? I do. The sentiment that one should not kill the messenger was originally from Shakespeare. Of course. Henry the Fourth Part Two. I didn't even know Shakespeare did sequels, uh, but from Henry the Fourth Part Two in the year fifteen ninety eight. That is quite mm. a hell of a year. That's a long <laughs> time ago. Um, of course, Billy Shakespeare. We should have known. Big Bill. Um. So yeah, we've got uh, Nico, as he says, best FBI. Now again, once again, they're at the mall. They're they're there for the cleanup. They're always there for the cleanup, and. Uh, the head FBI guy, I believe played by Eddie Jones, is like, uh, yeah, well, some of our guys aren't even going to work now. They're staying home. They want to protect their families. It's it's getting bad out there, and it's going to get worse because the National Guard has been called in. Whew. That's serious, serious business. <laughs> and then Rostov, being Rostov, he's like, you know what we should do? Let's blow up a church. Why not? So we, character. we see this family and they're like, they shouldn't be because there's like, you know, 
enforcing curfew. You should just stay in your house. But this fan is like, we're going to church. We, they may, they may have done some stuff that they're like, we probably should go repent right now uh, in case our time is up. Uh, so they go to the church um, and there's, you know, it's, it's a packed house basically. And it could be very bad. It could be a very bad scene, but fortunately Matt Hunter is there to prevent the uh, old exploding suitcase gimmick. He's his sixth sense superpower <laughs> of knowing where these guys are going to attack. Yeah. yeah. He, he's like Superman, like Christopher Reeve Superman. He just like appears when something's happening and he's, he's like up on the roof and he's like, Oh, it didn't work. Huh? And he's like, try this one. He just, Rostov, so maybe he's just thinking one step ahead. He's had his number. That's so. true. That is yeah. true. Um, Him and McGuire are both pretty similar in that fashion. Yeah. It's like Lois Lane and Clark Kent. Mm. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe this is just a prequel to Superman the movie. Perhaps, but I don't think so. Uh, we get yeah. to a crowd outside the grocery store. Um, and obviously with all the chaos going on, deliveries aren't happening. Um, and so whatever they have is what they have. So it's like 12 items or less type situation. Um, and then here comes the national guard, but no, it's fake national guard. And they start shooting things up, including one of them is our boy, Nico. Damn you. Costume stores selling. Nico's there, but national guards outfits, army surplus dog. That's right. And then uh, Hunter shows up. He's got he's got two guns now, Chad Cruz. Yeah, why not? He's he's great. This is like the inspiration for the cover of the uh, the, the poster. Yeah, the the double Uzis. Yep, and uh, it is. And Nico gets a hold of McGuire, who of course is there. Um, it's like he's going to use her, but that's <laughs> Hunter's very skilled. You could you can have had an entire family of. Uh, young children in front of him. He could have still shot without hurting one of those kids. Not a hair on their head would have been hurt. Chuck's good. Matt Hunter's good. He is. So he takes out Nico. So now we've got one half of this. uh, The the leadership is out. Now it's all Rostov. Which may be good or bad. We'll find out. Speaking of kids, we get a bunch of them loaded up on a school bus. Because I guess they thought, well, we'll send you out to the country where you'll yeah. be safe. Uh, but That's the my parents, plan. Anything ever goes to shit. You're just putting your kids on a bus to the country? Head, head, not with my kids on a bus, but heading to the country. Go to the country. I was gonna say, why wouldn't the parents go with? What are they going to do? Sit back and die? I don't. I didn't understand yeah. why the parents didn't join their kids. Are you? Um, they're gonna go looting. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Maybe they're... you guys. We could you guys, guys a good Christmas. We're gonna go get it now. That's for sure. You guys can come to my house. I got some. I got a bunch of guns, and uh, I've got like I don't know, five hundred pounds of meat in my freezers. Yeah, you do. Uh, all all meat, Columbus. Come out, come meet me, dude. We'll, we'll, we'll put up a real defense against. We'll these stop at the uh, museum and get some equipment for. Ooh, dude. A nice Higgins boat. Yeah, we're gonna go. Actually, that'd <laughs> be a good thing. Like, write that movie, Chad Cruz. That's a good idea. Everyone goes to that museum, and they that's where they're like, all right, they weren't expecting all this, were they? You're going to come to Columbus? We got another Kinda thing coming like that, uh, that shitty Battlefield movie where they like go to the museum boat that's on display, and it like, re, 
get it going and they use that to beat the aliens because it's not it's all analog it's not electronic or anything like that is that uh battlefield la or whatever no it's the uh, battleship i meant yeah oh battleship one actual oh. based on the, the game the board game oh with uh rihanna is it rihanna yeah, yeah it was terrible oh, Lord of mercy. <laughs> but that's how they in the ending they get a bunch of like veterans to re-engage this old like so dumb uh ship and then they yeah they play they literally play battleship and shoot things it's crazy oh my god that's a shame i missed that one well you know what you can review next uh on bulletproofaction.com so the kids are are scared obviously they're, they're being separated from their parents but you know a little row 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 your boat fixes all that and they just have a good time uh, as they take their trip to the country and i want to give you know one of the features that i have not done in a while bulletproofaction.com is unsung heroes and if i was going to do an unsung heroes on invasion usa i would have to give props to the construction crew that is still coming to work and doing their their job when all this chaos is going on there's a terrorist invasion neighborhoods are being blown up malls are being blown up these guys like well bills aren't going to pay for themselves i got to go to work so they're there working um the earth and uh, the terrorists, of course, they ignore the safety cones. They don't care about safety. And they speed up, get alongside this school bus, and they plant a bomb on the side of it. But once again, Matt Hunter is exactly where he needs to be because he sees all this happening. And he races up to the school bus, takes the bomb off, and then speeds up to the terrorists to return their property to them. I just can imagine like a coke filled haze of a room where they were writing like all of these different scenes that are, they're almost just all kind of standalone scenes of just Harris try to do thing. Chuck Norris shows up and stop it. And they're just like, what if we, what if, what if, uh, what if uh, and he's putting kids on a bus and then he shows up and what if they, uh, they're, they're going to try to do this and then he shows up and they're going to, uh, they're at the bar and then he shows up. And all those things. I can just, I can see it in the eighties hazy, foggy room of coke when this room this movie was written why is it foggy with the the coke is in the air that's uh i think they probably were smoking cigarettes too okay there's one single light that's dangling above like a table and there's just this fog <laughs> very interesting very yes. interesting theory i, I think that's a picture in my head i don't know if i, I think the writer may actually follow bulletproof action uh so hopefully he doesn't listen to this or maybe he will and be like that's exactly that's what exactly happened. what happened if he follow if he's listening to this please click on uh black christmas versus black christmas <laughs> so yeah. now i get the cia against me and the writer of invasion usa this has been a great podcast guys really you are really I a lot for the fan boat community though. Yeah, it was James Bruner. Yeah. He's definitely, I've interacted with him a few times on the, on the social media. He's a good man. I'm, I'm sure he that's the energy that he was able to give off. So maybe that's, that's what he was. Talking I'm about. sure he doesn't remember you brain. I'm sure he doesn't. I'm sure I'm surprised you two do. Um, here's one interesting thing though. We've talked about Hunter is everywhere he needs to be, but apparently he isn't because we see like this carnival, that yeah. has just been blown to smithereens. And you know there was a bunch of kids and families at this carnival. And and that's what Hunter, he's there. He meets up with Adams. He's like, you know, for every one I stop, a hundred more succeed. Um, Good so point. Yeah, we, we keep assuming that he's... We're only seeing what he's doing. Time. We're not seeing what the well, other guys are right. doing. So 
which which is actually pretty rad because it's it builds up these villains even more. It's like you know you watch a movie and 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 someone's beating the shit out of like twenty guys, but he's beating the shit out of them one at a time. You're like, why don't they just jump them? Right. And that's kind of what this is, right? They're doing one little scheme at a time, and he's stopping them all. But in actuality, they're doing multiple going ones. On everywhere. He's, yeah, he's not stopping them. I'm sure at one point they were on that street with all the assholes who were punching his car, his truck, and they probably mowed him down with an M60 or something. So, uh, and I don't know if Hunter would even stop that if he, even if he were there. Right. Good point. Did they deserve it, Brain? Do you think? Did they deserve it? The people on that street. Listen, I'm not going to go there. Where I'm going to go with is Hunter has a plan. He's like, okay, we got to just cut the, you got to cut the head of the snake off. And then everything else will fall into place. And that, of course, being Rostov. So he comes up with this elaborate scheme. And Adams, of course, oh, no, no, this is going to take, this is going to take so much work. Just do it, asshole. So he does (laughs) <laughs> yeah, anything worth doing is, by the scruff. Yeah, just do, do it. Okay, so Rostov is watching the news. He's got m- multiple TVs set up, watching all the different stations, uh, and finally finds an interesting story that uh, Matt Hunter has been arrested. But Hunter is he's while this is going on, he's in protective cut. Or wait a minute, no, I'm skipped ahead. What the fuck are you talking about? Rostov is watching the news. Hunter is chilling in his motel room watching an old sci-fi movie. The FBI come in to the motel room and arrest Hunter, just like he called the plan called for it. Now Rostov sees on the news Mm -hmm. that Matt Hunter's been arrested, and they're they'd say, Oh, he's gonna be taken to Atlanta and held there while the governors are all there to meet about what the hell we're gonna have to do with this problem that's going on. So now Rostov's like, oh, okay. I know where he's at. Hey, everybody, wherever you're at, get your ass back here. Get your ass to Hotlanta because mm. we are going to take out Matt Hunter. And all obviously all the governors being there, too, that's not a bad target either. Yeah, um, probably, probably not, I imagine they could have done it anywhere else in the country. That's probably not as close to the epicenter of everything that's going on, but, you know, whatever. Um. So, yeah, so Rostov, he's going to go there in style. He gets... In a chopper, they land on the roof of the building where they believe that Matt Hunter is being held. Um, and Rostov and his guys are like, let's go inside. Let's go get him. Um, Hunter was up there on the roof hiding somewhere. And he's like, oh, you may have come here on a helicopter, but you ain't leaving on it. Because he blows it up. Props to you, our friends, exploding helicopter. This was a good one. That thing is... No one's using that... It's blown to smithereens. I loved yeah. it. Not it ain't going to any, into any museum anytime no, soon. You're not going to be delivering any furniture with that chopper. <laughs> no, no, you're not. Um, so now Hunter's like, okay, I did that. I'm going to go follow my boy Rostov. To pay him a little surprise. He's looking for me. I'm looking for him. Um, Rostov does eventually figure out that it's a trap, um, but it's too late at that point. And we've got Hunter in there. He starts taking out the guys. Meanwhile, on the ground, it's a whole full – got the terrorists versus the National Guard, and this is where you were saying, Ryan, this is where it looks big time. Yeah, I have to imagine that maybe this is where 
that extra little bit of budget went into this final. They're like, okay, yeah, it's good, but we yeah. need to we need to really have a big finale. So here's some money. What can you do with this? And and that's we, where a lot of these movies do kind of fall short. Is there's a premise there, and then they kind of run out of budget, and by the end, like it just they just have to tie it up, and it doesn't end. The much way like the Masters of the Universe, I think was guilty of that. By the time they got to the film, the ending. They had to really scale it back because they've run out of time, they've run out of money, and it's just like yeah. do something. So not the case here. They they put that money to good use and really got a, a good finale. Everyone just really walking around with bazookas. Happen. Everybody got a bazooka. Here's <laughs> a bazooka. That could fire multiple times if necessary. Right. <laughs> well, so I think some of those are uh like fantasy rocket launchers, you know, like the Exactly. You know, like the kind you get at Adam and Eve. Uh, well, you get some, you have like these cylindrical tubes that you get there, but usually on one end is a collection device. The other end has got some sort of prosthetic, uh, vagina appendage. What's it collecting? It secretions. Thank you. <laughs> oh boy. I think I've got one behind me. Let me go find it here. On the bookshelf, just sitting on the bookshelf, casually in the background. It's a, it's a paperweight. <laughs> sitting next to my car keys. All right. Well, eventually the war down below. It's, Chad's got his own war down below. I but think that's the name of one of the things, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. The uh, war down below. The good guys win. Uh, but that means we still have our inside battle, which is going to come down to, you guessed it, Matt Hunter versus Rostov. And uh, he gets behind that perfect shot where you see Rostov. He's in the foreground of the shot. And then behind him, you see Matt Hunter. And he says, it's time. And boom, Shakalaka shoots him right through the wall. Much like we see in Death Wish 3, which was also released in the same year. Canon was all about blowing bad guys through the side of buildings. In 1985. Not, and just the way, like, you see a boot flying, you see, like, a hand, there's just, like, meat, just, like, blood and meat. Like, they really, wasn't just, like, a big explosion and you're, you're left to kind of be like, okay, he's in yeah. there somewhere dead. No, you see bits of everything flying around. He is like, dead. And he is dead. And that is it. That's the end of Invasion USA. Literally, it his end. <laughs> Literally, it's like, and he's dead. Yeah, it's we're like, done. Yeah, I don't have, we don't true. care. I'm not going to go hug the reporter lady. I'm not going to no. shake hands with the National Guard. No. Metal, we're done. No medals. Fuck no em. governors all being like, hey, everything's good. We're, we're done. We're done. Back to the swamps. You Chat, down, people, come on. Ryan Sorry. Campbell, I should start with you. Your first time watching this, Your your final thoughts. Yeah, I, I really enjoy movies where, um, whether they're disaster movies or otherwise, where like the status quo at the end and the status quo at the beginning are just drastically different, where it just escalates, where if you watch the first five minutes of the movie and the last five minutes, you're like, what the happened? Uh, and this this checks that box for me, just seeing things gradually go to shit. And by the end, you know, it's just chaos. Um, so I did have a little trouble following it in some parts. Maybe that's not my fault. Maybe Maybe I was... Uh, you know, not pay attention or miss some things or something like that. But all in all, it was enjoyable. I, I feel like, yeah, like I said, they, they, uh, I think that extra budget, whether that they had the start and the extra that they gave to it throughout the process really kind of helped it set apart from a lot of the other, you know, movies of this type or 
um, Canon films around the time. So uh, it was good. I really enjoyed it. I don't, I don't know if it's on my Christmas list uh, of every year watches like yours brain, but I did enjoy it. Chad Crows. Yeah, I think it's a, an outstanding movie. I think it's a, if it's not Chuck's best, it's one of his top three for sure. Um, I think it's uh the music's great. Uh, the, the main character is phenomenal. I mean, he, he doesn't really do anything. Uh, he does he ever get punched? Even I don't know. I don't think so. I was thinking this earlier when he falls was maybe like the first time that we see him not even bleed, but just um, when they're in the parking lot and he falls off of like the truck. That's like the first yeah. time we see him really take any damage or really <laughs> not be like immaculate that I can think of. No, not yet. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's. It really is kind of Chuck, like to the max, <laughs> and, and it's funny because they did, you know, Avenging Force after this, and it would have been interesting to see what a movie like that could have been starring Chuck Norris. Yeah, I don't think he was comfortable with a lot of the uh, racism and racial those themes stuff, yeah. that were part of, you know, part Good of for him. Avenging Force. So. Um, enter the enter the duty um uh, invasion usa I, i've said this before i think on this podcast 1985 what a tremendous year uh one of my favorite years of of all time but for canon alone american ninja came out in 1985 invasion usa came out in 1985 death wish 3 came out in 19 i mean that's boom, boom like almost every other month they were just producing future classics uh, this actually was number one when we did the Chuck Norris Canon Countdown. This was our the number one film uh, by our panel of experts, so you know it's legit. And yeah, uh, yeah I Brian said it, and uh, it's true. This is something I watch every Christmas season for sure, and it's another one of if it pops up on Pluto or Freevee or something, I find myself like, oh, that's what's on, and I. Next thing you know, I'm sitting there watching it for another hour and a half because I, I can't turn it off. It's it is one of my favorite Chuck Norris. It probably is my favorite Chuck Norris film, easily. I think this one and Lone Wolf McQuaid are maybe one and two for me. And we covered Lone Wolf McQuaid in the archives, so check that out. Uh, anything else anybody wants to say about Invasion USA before we wrap things up here on the holiday edition of the Bulletproof Podcast? All right. Well, you know, you can check us out on social media at Bulletproof Pod on X, a.k.a. Twitter, and at Bulletproof Action on Instagram, Facebook, and Threads. Uh, any holiday plans you guys want to share? Anything you got going on you want to talk about? Not too much. Just enjoying Christmas with the kiddos while we can. They got some, I'm not going to say anything too loud because they're all kind of hovering around, but it should be fun. Always, always a good time getting to spend time with them. Chad Cruz, are you going to put some of that uh, 500 pounds of meat to good use over the uh, holiday? I am. I just got a, just got a pig recently. So I got a good ham that I'm going to make here Christmas Eve. Got some family coming over. We've been doing we've been doing everything, man. We've been hitting. We've done a couple of uh, little like uh, Christmas orchestra gimmicks. We did a a play recently, a Christmas play thing, and 
We did, uh, you know, the zoo lights. We have a great zoo here in Columbus, city of Columbus. So we've been running around quite a bit. And of course I'm working through the holidays still. So, um, yeah, we, it, it's a good time when you have children. I think it's, um, there's like a lot of like build up to Christmas. And then when it's over, you're like, Oh, thank goodness. All right. Well, it's all. We also have to mention that it is Festivus time as well. Uh, does anyone want to air any grievances? This would be the time to do it. Uh, to my former employers that fired me last month. Fuck you. That's <laughs> all right. There you go. Um, I would. I have. I have a few. Um, to the tech support people uh, that I've had to deal with past uh, couple weeks because it seems like there's something wrong all the time. Hopefully they'll get it. They'll get it set. We won't have that. But I also want to talk to my physical, my fellow physical media collectors out there, because I'm seeing a disturbing trend on social media with physical media collectors, where that you know they want to share, like, "Hey, I got this in," or "I got this. I picked this up." Put this shit on a goddamn table. I don't, there's so many pictures of people with their collection on a bed. Why are your movies on the bed? And it's not like, oh, they got so many that that's the biggest surface. No, they'll have one freaking Blu-ray in the middle of the bed. Number one, don't you know how to crop a goddamn picture? Or number two, why is it on the, you don't have a table in your house? It's very, I don't, I don't like this. I don't need to know that part of your life. Keep that. Why are these Blu-rays in the bedroom? Just put them at the TV. Get a freaking yeah, shelf. These people that just collect physical media all the time, they're not so like averse in digital stuff. So they probably don't know how to crop. They probably are like taking the picture with a Polaroid and then taking a picture of the Polaroid oh my God. with their phone. Uh, but just yeah, enough yeah. with the bed pictures. Get a damn table. Mm. Put a, I'd rather see it on the floor. Tell them. Oh, I can't take it. I know it. what I'm doing the next time I come back with a new figure or something. Don't though. you dare do it. Don't you dare. I've got some here that I haven't opened yet. Maybe I can get a good shot of those. I hate you. All right. Chad Cruz, do you have any grievances? You're, you're, everything's good for Chad Cruz. I don't know, man. Everything's happy. I'm happy I'm for good. you. Whatever. Good. I can't, I can't change anything, so why even bitch about it, right? Yeah, sometimes it feels good to do it. Um, yeah, that's what she said. Okay, there we go. AdamandEve.com, ladies and gentlemen. Friend of the show for all your secretion needs. Uh, next time, fan. Next time, Chad Cruz has selected a movie for us, Ryan Campbell. I want you to join us again, Ryan Campbell. Okay, because we're going to do a nice year in review. We're going to get some. You know, we like to do a little peek behind the curve. We'll do some stats. I like I know, stats. I know Chad Cruz is going to tell us what countries that uh, we are popular in. Huge in Ghana, right? By the way, and spoiler alert. Or Uganda. I don't know. One of those places. Okay. Well, we'll find out for sure next time. But we're going to cover a movie that I have never seen. I don't know about you, Ryan Campbell, if you've seen it or not. 3,000 Miles to Graceland. I have not. Nope. Well, there you go. It's going to be a first-time watch for both of us. Who knows where the hell it is, but we'll figure it out between now and then, I suppose. Um, And again, yeah, we'll have a little year-in-review action as far as the best – best podcast that we did the best post that we did on the site and and just yeah who's 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 watching who's reading what's going on i love a good year in review 
Because, you know, so next year is a big year. Bulletproof action. Next year is a big year. 10-year anniversary of bulletproofaction.com. But you've already got it planned for August of next. I'm, I'm working on some things. But, uh, yeah, we'll we'll get there and we'll, you know, we'll probably be celebrating. I mean, this is a big one. So we'll be celebrating really all of 2024 that we've hit we'll, the 10-year mark. Yes, Chip. We'll, pro- we'll probably next year, by the end of the year, we'll have uh, – We'll have the rock on. We'll have oh, I don't, uh, Don Morocco, maybe Don Morocco, uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, oh, uh, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, that'd be nice to get you two together and finally patch up your differences. This could have been your grievance that Mark yeah, Wahlberg you know, have, makes movies. That's a grievance. I don't that. have as much problem with him because I don't ever see any of his movies, so I don't. I don't really. We can, it doesn't affect me. We can change that. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right, Jai. All right. Thank you, guys. Happy holidays to you. I'm are we sure. doing a thing? What are we doing there? Oh. What are we doing? I don't know. I like you guys were giving each other a high five on our little on the Zoom cam. You both had your hands there. <laughs> um, no, we're not doing anything like that. Uh, so, yeah. Guys, happy holidays. Chad is getting ready to secrete something. I am getting ready to... Uh, Wrap this thing up. So thank you, everybody, for listening. I've got some movies to watch. Watch some movies. Uh, check out BulletproofAction.com. And as always. Find out whether I side with the Zack Snyder fans or critics tomorrow with Rebel Moon. I, it's one of those things where I, apparently he's already said that the director's cut is what he really. And I'm like, why, the, why did you make the freaking movie? Yeah, yeah, it, sounds, it sounds too complicated to me. Yeah. Check out and see what I think of it. As the Star Wars aficionado of the, the side and everything. Like your review will might more than likely come out before this podcast, but that's fine. Well, I'll see what I could do. Good point. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. If I stay up and fix this or just say, screw it, I'll do it tomorrow when I'm done. Well, the good news is it will be up then. Go check it out. Yes. Check it out. Die Hard 2 as well will be – we got a lot going on. Always check out BulletproofAction.com. And as always, stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcast. Happy holidays. Fuck you. Wow. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.